going on everybody we bike we bike we bike with another episode of from my experience podcast i'm your host rob i also have the co-host with the most with me jfo what it do what it be how are hello. you hello i am well i'm well no complaints just staying staying with it staying the course you know yes no complaints it's been a good week Yes, Off to yes. a good start in yours? You say what? Off I said yours? How's your week going? I mean, <laughs> my week is starting off interesting. You know, we, we talked off here about my Wayfair snafu. Wayfair sent me the wrong size bed. This bed I've been stalking for a year. But um, I, I'll get over yeah. it. They, they're going to be able to replace it this month, so I'll be good. Um, It's a nice birthday present to myself, so I'm not going to complain. Good. It's happening for you, not to you. I have to, that's that's like my quote that I always have to, when stuff is out of whack. I'm going like to start using that. I got to start using that. Some logo stuff. Yeah, it's happening for you, not to you. Because it feels like it's happening to you and why me and like snap, snap. But it's happening for you. It's aligning. We just don't know the other parts. I we receive it. it. I receive it. Shout out to you guys, all of our listeners and supporters. We love you. Thank you for continuing to follow, like, subscribe, and share. You already know you can join the conversation on Facebook from My Experience Podcast. Join the Facebook group. We have great discussions going on in there. A lot of laughs. I posted something really funny. I think that was yesterday that a lot of people could relate to. Um, you also know Instagram, FME underscore podcast. Please follow the Instagram page. Also... You can follow me personally, Rob, at complete with a K underscore vision. Jessica, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at exposeher, E-X-P-O-Z-H-E-R, play on the word exposure. I'll be there. And? And you can also find me uh, at Lash and Soul, where I am the owner of a beauty and wellness studio located in Dallas, Plano, Texas. Owner. Shout Owner. out <laughs> to our affiliates. Don't forget about our affiliates down there in the description, unless you're on Apple, it's not there. But on the rest of our locations, you will see our affiliates. Retro Mimi, those of you who like playing retro video games, they sell pocket size consoles that are capable of emulation, and you can take your gaming on the go. You can take your gaming on the go. Um, Blackwater. For some healthy water that is black. It is black because of the minerals and things that they put in there. Tastes delicious as well. Don't forget to check them out. Garner's Garden, who sells natural products. They sell skincare products, hair care products, and oral health care products. Check them out. And last, but certainly, certainly not least, Acre Gold. If you've ever wanted to own gold, but you just don't want to come out of pocket all at once, they have a subscription plan. Actually, they have three subscription plans now where you can pay monthly towards a bar of gold and once your funds have reached the price of that amount that you selected they will ship it to you in a nice discreet secure package for you to do whatever it is that you want to do with it i don't know what i'm gonna do with my i'm gonna collect them but um shout out you're gonna to have bars <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Shout out to everybody that's been clicking on the affiliate links. They send me reports and the numbers are going up. 
I need y'all to buy something now. All right. Oh, uh, yes, yes, Speaking yes. of bars, I'm excited to introduce our guest for today. Uh, she is a poet, nationally ranked poet, visual artist, uh, crystal guru. I could go on and on. A personal friend of mine goes by the name Crush. And welcome to the show, Crush. What? Thank you, thank you. I've been over here holding my breath, wanting to react the whole time y'all were talking. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not introduced yet. They don't know I'm here yet. You can't say anything. <laughs> thank you yes. for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming on. I'm excited to talk to you today. Um, we're going to hop into it. It's going to be conversational, so settle in. Uh, how did you get into poetry? Like, Everyone spits bars of some type, whether you're rapping and people, everybody has their thing of creativity. But uh, Rob, even before we started, we talked about just your consistency and you really taking your craft seriously. How did you get started in poetry? Uh, well, okay, before I hop into that story, can I just say, great yes. segue with the bars and to, I love it. I need I to get some of that. <laughs> I need to get some of those affiliate information links from y'all afterwards because I definitely want gold. I'm always really scared that something's gonna happen, like I'm, it's gonna get stolen or a fire is gonna happen, and then my money's gone. But you know, also I want to try this black water. I need to. I need to. I have not tried the black water, but Rob has tried the black. I, water. I'm okay. So those of you who have not tried black water, it's good. It's a little thick. It's not. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, it's 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 a little thicker than water, so I just want to prepare people for that. But well, it's the viscosity here is a little on the thicker side. Is that what we're saying? Like pulpy orange, like high pulp orange like, juice. Oh, no, it's not like that milk thick. or orange. Probably. Juice. Mm, I don't know what's that thick actually. Probably like probably if you've ever had liquor out of the freezer. It's not, uh, oh. let me just be quiet. I'm messing it up. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just going to try it. Yeah. I would like to try it. So I'll get those links from y'all later because I didn't write them down when you were just talking. Um, so, sorry, you asked me a whole question and I went on a whole tangent. It's okay. Um, it's okay. So, so poetry. Oh, I thought you yeah, forgot. Poetry, Go I ahead. got into. Um, so I got into poetry because I was trying to pull myself out of a dark place, out of a dark mental place that I was in. Um, I never really saw myself as a poet prior to the last couple of years. Um, I just started going to Heroes Lounge because Dallas Poetry Slam was there every Friday. And so I, I, I don't even know how I ended up there the first time, but um, I started going every Friday. I'm like, I like this. This is a cool, like, it's a cool atmosphere. I like, I'm connecting with these poets and their, and their stories. And it's making me feel good. So I started going every Friday as a treat to myself. And eventually I was like, I went through something else that happened and then I wrote about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna get on the stage. So I got real drunk one night and I got up on the stage shaking with my little notepad and, um, and, and I spit my poem, my very first poem I had ever shared with anybody. That was about two and a half years ago. Um, first time ever sharing a poem and the energy that I got from the audience was amazing. So I was like, I, I think I'm going to keep doing this. Um, 
So I just started kind of studying. I went to some uh, writing and performance workshops. Uh, six months down, five or six months down the line, I tried out for the Dallas Poetry Slam team and I made it. And um, the rest is history. The rest is a whole lot of hard work and grinding and no sleep and yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that it's been that long. I feel like I might have been at that show. <laughs> Um, the very that, say it again at Heroes. I don't think you were at the oh, very no, it wasn't at Heroes. This was at um, um, uh, Sue Ellen. Ellen. Yes, I couldn't yeah, think and that name. was still at the at the beginning of my journey, kind of. Yeah, got you, got you. So, I always thought the dots represented in your logo. Uh, were more of a design factor, and it actually is an acronym. So would you like to share that with us? Sure. Uh, CRUSH um, stands for Creating Realities Using Spiritual Hands. Yeah. Um, so uh, I had to make a, an acronym out of it because I just felt like CRUSH was, I, I don't know, it was like um, just not... It didn't, it didn't mean anything, right? It was kind of like, I, I thought of this name, but then I was like, but it doesn't really mean anything. So uh, I thought about it and what made sense to meet myself and my brand, and that's that's what I ended up with. Yes, and that you are, speaking of brands, you are all about crystals and spiritual and light and energy. And uh, I think all of that comes out and radiates in your poetry. Um, was that something, a part of you, like, as far as you remember, or is that something that came out uh, in adulthood? Like, at what point did you start tapping into, like, the spiritual essence of who you are and, like, manifesting that in, in the universe? Yeah, that type of spiritual journey, the manifestation and crystal healing and whatnot, that started, um, I would say maybe about three to three and a half years ago. Um, I had long stepped away from the uh, standard idea of religion, um, but I was trying to find another way to connect with God outside of that. And, um, and this is what I found. And I found that I could connect with God and universe uh, using certain spiritual tools. And so um, I, Crystals were the first thing I really got into about three, three and a half years ago. And then from there, I just kind of did more research and figured out my own connection. Rob, Very interesting. I, see, I see the look. <laughs> it's my line. Um, I know. But now that I'm, that's what that now feels that I'm like. sitting in your chair, I see your look <laughs> that says you have something to say. Um, I just thought of a friend who kind of similarly does the thing with the crystals and she used to tell me about it and I actually still have some rocks actually because of what she told me that they bring uh, I feel like my life is better because of those rocks uh but I did have a question for you um which I found very interesting in your questionnaire and it's something we have in common um basically you say you can gather inspiration from anything whether it be pleasure pain and just everyday life when did you realize you had an eye for being able to do that or an ability to do that? Because a lot of people, I'm a very glass half full type. I'm always looking for the bright side. I don't care what it is. There's always a bright side. When did you realize that you were able to do that? Um, I think 
most of my life, because I used to really focus on visual art um, more so. Uh, and so I would pull inspiration from everyday things, but not until I really got into poetry did it start to be um, very heavy uh, as far as pulling inspiration. Um, because I, I had to, once I made the team, the slam team, I had to start producing poetry um, kind of like, you know, on a schedule because we have deadlines, we have performances and competitions. And, um, you know, so I, it kind of became, okay, what can I write about right now if nothing is happening specifically to me, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of the times we, we sit down and we write because we had a terrible day or a terrible week and we're trying to get our feelings out and somebody did us wrong and we want to write about that. But if nothing's specifically happening to me at the moment, where can I find the inspiration? And I started to find that one day, and this is a true story, literally I was walking outside of an old um, building uh, that our old job used to be at. And um, I was walking under a tree and a hummingbird just started floating over my head. And I had never seen a hummingbird in real life, never. Me and either. so, yeah, the way that it was hovering over my head and darting around, it immediately made me like create a metaphor in my head and write a poem. And that's when I was like, you know what? I can draw inspiration from anything. Like a random bird was over my head and I made a whole poem about it. So that's kind of when I started to notice like, okay, poetry really pulled out a lot of that for me. Wow. Um, so flip side of what you just said. Um, and I, I've had- I'm sorry. I literally thought that same thought. <laughs> Flip side. Oh, you got a flip. You, you you want to do the flip side? You could. You, you. Well, I mean, I can, but that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought on the flip side of that, what when you when you feel like you have no creativity, how do you challenge yourself to like what is what is your process to draw from on the on the opposite of that? So like you know that you. Like on our good days, we know who we are. We know what we're about. We know that we have all these, like this amazing depth of gifts and that we can draw from anything. But on like the mm -hmm. days when it's like more darker, how do you, um, what is your process for drawing out the essence of who you are? Like to bring yourself back to awareness, I, I would say, and like move in, in your gifts when you don't feel that gifted on those days. So like you basically, if I don't feel inspiration, how do I, how do I right. create? Um, so it depends. Um, sometimes if it's something that I have to get done and I'm just not feeling it, I will look for um, like a, a uh, what do they call like a word association kind of thing or a mm -hmm. writing prompt. Um, to kind of get my gears moving, or I will listen to someone else. I would listen to other poets and see if that'll trigger anything, if I have to push something out. Um, if I'm not feeling creative and I have a little bit of leeway, I'll just let it be. I will do something else because trying to force out work never comes out as good as, you know what I mean, when you just kind of let it flow naturally. Um, Facts. So... 
Yeah, so sometimes I do have to force it out and I just have to make it work and I just pull from a writing prompt or something or watch a movie. Movies do it too sometimes. Um, and music, but but sometimes I'll just, I just let it be. I just leave it alone for a while. At the beginning of uh, the shutdown for COVID, I didn't write anything for almost two months because I could, I didn't have anything. Like it was like, <laughs> mm. um, I'll just let my brain rest because it's a whole lot going on. So sometimes I can move to another art form. I can go paint or something just because I can't really get a poem out. Maybe I can go paint. So I'll do that to try to shake my creativity up a little bit. So, Rob, was that your flip side? No. That so this sense. is a triangular burrito. <laughs> so I'm going to flip it to the third side. Um, <laughs> I like that, though. I like what you did there. I like that. Um, that actually helps me. I have that problem. Um, I have other talents that I don't tap into because I have to really be in a space and in the mood to do it. And I have never figured out what it will take for me to get there because I'm good at it and I can do it. And I've been told I've been good at it by very critical people who would tell me if I sucked at it, but I'm just like, eh. Um, so, and this is something that I go through and being able to pull inspiration from anywhere. How do you protect your energy? Because like for me, you know, with this podcast, it started out as a relationship podcast and I like to jump back into that pool every now and again. And I'm single and I'm dating and I'm in these groups and I dive, I'm really in there, <laughs> I'm really in there to learn, but there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of man bashing, woman bashing that people pass off as jokes. That's really trauma and hurt. And it gets annoying, but I'm like, there's something there. I can talk about this. Why do men do this? Why do women do that? So it's helping, it's feeding me, but at the same time, it's pissing me off. So I've had to, <laughs> cause I'm like, yo, every week, like you got like 10 posts talking about something, whatever. Um, <laughs> like the, the one, look, the one this week was like, when a man dies, there's a widow and 10 single ladies. So I'm like, oh, wow. damn. yeah, stuff like <laughs> on the regular. But so I, I go to that space cause I draw inspiration and, and it gets the juices flowing. But at the same time, I have to know, all right. Don't take that personal. They obviously not talking about you, but that is something I can turn into a powerful and a meaningful conversation for our platforms. So how do you deal with that when it comes to maybe, I guess, the darker side of things? Well, if it's anything that's online or social media, um, I literally just log off. Uh, if there is a specific person that I see that is constantly posting negativity, unfollow. Um, and I didn't used to, I actually didn't used to be on social media very much at all for that specific reason, because there is so much negativity. The same reason I don't watch the news, you know, it's just draining. And um, I still don't watch the news, but social media, I had to begin for business purposes. Um, so I, for, for online, I just make sure that my following is surrounded uh, or consists of people that are shedding light and positivity. Um, that's the piece that I can control. I can't control who follows me, but I can control what I see on my own feed um, with the little, you know, algorithms and blase sleep. So that's online, but in real life, um, I wear these crystals around. <laughs> you see, I have this black tourmaline on right now. This is to block negative energy. Um, and I breathe a lot and I burn a lot of incense. <laughs> um, 
I really do. I just try to get, I try to physically put myself in a place that I feel like nothing negative can get in. If I have to go, you know, to my own little space in my home and turn on, um, you know, the Janae Aiko trigger, trigger warning song and burn my incense. And that's what I do. You know, the isolation mm. <laughs> is the key for me. I like that. I agree. I going with that word. Being in quarantine and when I had COVID, I, I talked to Rob about it. Like and and you too. Um, that isolation really identified something more. Like I've always said, I'm an introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert, however you prefer to say it. Mm-hmm. But I did not realize. Like in my core, I was. I thought I had selected that persona for myself. Like that's what makes me personally feel more comfortable. But I didn't know until I did like an Enneagram and personality test that literally on extroversion, I was 50% right in the middle. And what I need to recharge and to feel um joy and zest lies on both sides like i like being around people but i cannot do too much of it because yeah. it can be it can pollute the processes and systems that i establish for myself for my own peace my own sanity my own joy so like i like coming home to to my space yeah for sure question about your um you said it was a hobby painting correct Yes. Do those worlds, does your, does your world of poetry and painting ever meet? Do you ever paint anything based off a poem or vice versa? Yes, both. And sometimes, um, sometimes I will paint a piece and for instance, include a poem on the back of it. Um, I'm supposed to be doing some collaborations coming up with some other artists in which I'll be writing poems for their paintings. Um, I do kind of all of that uh, all in one. I, I, I used to a lot take paintings and even my own paintings and write poems to them. Um, not as much the other way around as far as painting a poem that's already written, um, mainly writing to art for me. Okay. Now, I saw something else interesting, and I closed my eyes, and I took myself there like I was growing up with you. Your grandmother's house, when you talked about the chasing the fireflies and the lake in the back, what are some of those memories like? And have you written about those or painted anything in relation to that? I, I Not painted, but I've definitely written a couple poems about it. Um, it's Those memories are very vivid for me um, and my childhood because I was there every summer. Uh, well, I went to visit my dad. My dad and his side of the family, they live in North Carolina. Um, so it's kind of real country out there, a lot of trees, a lot of, you know, <clears throat> but we would go to my grandmother's house, which was in this little bitty city uh, called Jamesville. There was like no Walmart, no grocery store. There's one church, there's one PO box, that kind of town, dirt mm. roads, you know. <laughs> so um yeah, we would we would go there so it was literally just enjoying nature when i was there and, you know we would run around in the front yard and chasing fireflies was one of my favorite things in the dark um but we would also my dad and then they fish and they hunt they're country boys 
so, you know, we would go in the back and there was a long, long wooden staircase that we would go all the way down um, and it would lead to a lake, a big lake. And we would just sit, sit down there. We would swim because it used to be clean. It's not clean anymore. It's very dirty. But um, we would swim in there. We would dig up clams and bring them back up for my grandma to cook. And it was just, it was really good childhood memories. It's country stuff. Jess, Jess. No, I know, I can relate. <laughs> That's what I grew up in. Minus we had a Walmart, but all, <laughs> everything else, and we had more than one church. But for the most part, like it still was that same kind of lifestyle. Like I remember swimming in the lake and Lawton Park and all these different places that are now, I don't want to say tainted, but impacted by people and like the the more that we've detached ourselves from that type of living that you notice the effect of it so even as i hear your uncles hunting and fishing like people a lot of people don't do that now like um or they're like the the lake that i used to swim in is no longer a, um there's a plant on it so it's very contaminated uh -huh. so it's just interesting like these memories are so pure because they are kind of going back to the connection we have with the earth and that reverence and that fulfilling nature. And uh, Rob, you can relate. We talk about our walks and like uh, exploring the the scenery around. Like really, that was something I saw on your page too, Crush. Just touching the tree. Like we walk past these trees all the time, but do we take a moment to like touch it and to feel like the difference in this bark of a tree or this bark of a tree? And it seems insignificant to some people like okay y'all doing way too much you talking about <laughs> hugging trees or touching trees or uh, a bird but when you really connect on a uh, deeper level to nature i think it opens up the possibility within ourselves and recognizing that our small insignificant seemingly the same differences are very valuable and they have purpose and that Sometimes the bark is that way because it it feeds that way. Like sometimes yeah. it's like that because it protects itself from the environment in a certain way. And as you start learning these things, I, I, I don't know, it just really mirrors who we are in, in this big creation. Like we are all different. Mosquito and my country self sees it and has to try to You better not do the hand I did. I did it with the with one, one hand, hand so it, the listeners would not hear. <laughs> Okay, sorry, girl. <laughs> but with all of that being said, like we are, we are just one in this universe, and like I think that we like connecting with that and and exposing yourself to nature in a deeper capacity besides just uh, a means from like an interim. Like I gotta go outside to get to work, like yeah, or I gotta go <laughs> like in passing versus like truly being in it and now you are the outsider like i think you get a lot from that I, at least i always do and speaking to nature people there's always just like wow i feel like i'm always taken aback by nature yeah i can definitely tell the difference in my energy and in my spirit when i don't take the time to spend yep. outside nature you know even just stepping outside and and, and kind of sunbathing for a while makes mm -hmm. a huge difference in my energy so yeah 
Yeah. I did like when I was on ISO quarantine, like the two week quarantine, there was a few days where I didn't. And then the day that I did, I was just like, Oh Lord, like I could at least be doing this. Like I, this is yeah. accessible. Like I don't have to be. And it just felt so good to sit out there, like you said, and take it all in and breathe in. Even the breath that we take inside is not, it's a different like oomph to it when you take a deep breath outside because yeah. it's endless. So, yes. Rob? Connecting with nature is um, definitely, I, I need to do it, like, but it, it's in the 30s. <laughs> so, uh, no. Um, <laughs> Where right are now. you? Huh? I'm in. Uh, Where are you? I'm in Northern Virginia. Ah. It's, it's uncomfortably cold right now. Um, yeah, but yeah, that that is important. Um, and I, you know, I'm from South Carolina, so I used to walk around barefoot and all that stuff. I used to love that, just really connecting with Earth, walking in the grass, laying in the grass, playing tumbleweed. Oh my <laughs> goodness! And getting a bucket in the weed. My clothes were dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I used to eat the weeds, the the sour ones. I'm like, no, it's sour. It's kind of sour sweet. I used to eat the Boy. honeysuckles. Yeah, no, nah, I did used to eat the honeysuckles. You just clapped a mosquito, oh, too. <laughs> I did. Y'all, I, I apologize for the listeners, but if y'all can see my arm, like the people, like Rob. Get me. your arm off. We don't want to <laughs> There's like five mosquito bites on the back of my arm two on my kneecap this oh thing God. has to go speaking of nature <laughs> as i speak of nature and try to kill nature but see this oh my is my goodness. environment if it wasn't in my outside. environment then it would not be flat danger yeah crush tell us about um your is poetry slam team correct yes what so what is, I know this is so backwards. I should have asked this earlier. So what does that entail? And um, is it competitive? Like tell, tell I, I've, I've- And it's Dallas Poetry Slam team. Just want to put that out there. So what is it like? What's it about? Yes. So the Dallas Poetry Slam team is definitely a competitive team. We compete nationally. So it's like a sport. And <clears throat> I explain it to that way because a lot of people, even myself, before I got into it, didn't realize it was such a thing. I didn't realize that I was going to be uh, practicing with my team, you know, three to four nights out of the week for three hours at a time Whoa. coming up to a competition. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's a lot because it's like, okay, you're writing, you're taking your time to write. And then when you write, you have to memorize. And then there's not just individual pieces, but there are group pieces that you have to write together and memorize and perform together. Sometimes there's choreography, not like, you know, the nutcracker type, but just, you know, movements that have to go along and be in sync with your poem. Um, so it is a lot. It um, Last year, before, before our national competition, there was nothing else that I had time for. I, nothing, not one day did I have free to do anything else because all of my time and effort was going into poetry um, and getting ready for this competition. And the competitions, uh, there's small ones and then there's really large ones. So for instance, twice a month, we have a poetry slam at Heroes Lounge, um, which is just uh, basically any poets in the area can come 
It's normally a two to three round uh, competition. There are judges there that score you and you win money at the end of the night. The first place prize is, you know, a pot of however much. Um, those are the normal competitions. And then there are the larger scale ones, which are, for instance, the national competitions that we travel. Uh, last year we went to, um, actually we had one in North Carolina. We had one in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, I had an individual competition uh, in California, which that was actually a global competition. So there were people that flew in from Australia, Africa, wow. India to compete. Um, and that was my first time in something that large. So last year I was ranked 30th in the world uh, for poetry, as far as performance competition goes. Um, yeah, and then this year, <laughs> This year, um, during the Women of the World Poetry Slam, which is, it's, it's also set up as a global competition, but it's only for women that are, um, or anyone who identifies as female can compete as well. Um, it's set up as worldly, so we did have a girl from Israel and somewhere else, um, but the majority of the competition came from inside around the United States. Um, so while I could say I'm 15th ranked 15th woman in the world, I normally say in the nation just because, you know, 90 out of the 96 women that were there were from around the United States. Gotcha. So um, that, you know, that's kind of how it is. It's, just, it's really like a sport. You, you have to commit and um, you're you're obligated to it. It's a contract and all that. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's but it's fun, and I have learned a lot. I have learned so much. The connections that you make with people are are um, beneficial, and uh, it's it's been a great time. You aiming What's for the that? number one spot? What I mean, you that? always you always. I missed the question. What always I said she aiming for the number one spot. Oh, she better be. <laughs> That's yeah. always the goal. That's always the goal. But I am not uh, upset about, you know, 15th in the nation at all. Yeah. But definitely, we have another one next year um, in April of 2021. So I'll be competing again then. Okay. Mm -hmm. mm. You're a poet. I didn't realize it was that deep. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Unless you're really in the world, you kind of don't know. And and even when I tell people, like, uh, you know, people that are kind of new to me, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm on my way to practice. And they're like, practice? Well, yeah. How do you think? <laughs> How do you think I get you, you know? And a lot of people, you just don't think about it. And a lot of people kind of just think, like, oh, I just thought you kind of, you know, you just kind of know your poems, and you go on stage and do them. And it's like, well, no. There's a lot of effort that goes into it. So... 1000% um, any type of performance art um, that just cracks me up how people think just on such a such a basic level at times it's like have you never seen because I've seen some stuff and I'm just like ooh the passion the desire I felt the pain I saw the anger I saw the joy that's a lot it's a lot to convey emotions correctly so that someone who is listening to it and receiving it receives it the way that you want them to so I commend right. you for that 
Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. So what has poetry, I know you say you've learned a lot and um, how you got into poetry. What has it given to you uniquely out of all your art forms? Like what, what is it specifically is it the fact that you you find inspiration from you can find inspiration from anything or is there something that it like fuels an undercurrent for you poetry really um opened up the opportunity and the window for me to create a brand um a real uh, an impactful brand because i had my art uh before which i had you know the business crave my designs which i was doing work under but the impact and the way that I've been able to build my brand didn't come until Crush came. And um, I think it has allowed me to make connections that I never would have made before, um, to have experiences that I never would have had. And, um, and I've just learned a lot about creating and I guess... Um, trying to think of how to really explain it. it. It's I've learned so much as far as connections go and how to kind of maneuver and impact people in a way that that makes sense for them because everybody's not different. I mean, everybody's not the same, right? So I've been able to learn to cater to different audiences. Um, and it's just, it's really just been kind of an all around learning experience for me. That's the meat and potatoes right there. Yes, yes, yes. Catering to different audiences. Have you ever had an audience that made you nervous? Like when you say catering to different audiences, what on what level? Like is it just a, a cultural level or just like maybe a regional type thing? Like, hey, these people in the South might feel this versus these people in the North might feel this. Or is it these white people might feel this versus these black people might feel this type deal? From what, from my experience personally, it has been majority cultural. For instance, um, if I have, you know, uh, majority black poems, for, for instance, um, subject matter of, you know, slavery or whatever the case may be, a black power type thing. Um, and my audience is all Caucasian. Then yeah, I may get a little nervous that they're not going to receive it well, right? Um, or, for instance, and I have been in that situation, and I have also been in situations where I have this poem about uh, homosexuality versus the um, highly religious family that I grew up in. Um, and I got to a competition that was literally being held in a church. Oof. And I was like, I don't know. Should I do it? I don't know if I should do it. I didn't do it, but I should have did it, right? Like, I should have did it because although it was in a church, it it was a poetry competition, and and poetry competitions are uncensored. Um, you know, sometimes I get in front of a, I've got an audience full of like an older crowd, you know, old school minds that don't necessarily want to hear me saying anything opposite of the Bible. You know, um, so sometimes it, it, sometimes I will gear away and find something that is more, uh, appropriate for the crowd. 
And sometimes I say, I'm going to shake it up because they need to hear this. <laughs> I love that. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> We're connecting here because I, 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 I go through that when I, um, when I DJ. You know, mm -hmm. I like to ask them what kind of crowd I'm going to have, and I, I curate my playlist accordingly. But sometimes I throw something out there just to see how they're going to react. I'm like, y'all need to, y'all need some of this flavor. Here you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. I like that. Jessica, your wheels are spinning. I'm just thinking. Uh, thinking and... About that mosquito. <laughs> Say it again. Yeah. I, I Partially. Think. I'm trying to be present here as I sit with 72 mosquito bites in the jungle of my home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> However, um, when it's just interesting to see how you transition from these different spaces because um, when I think of your poetry, I think of like two different genres, which mm -hmm. would be either um, uh, more social justice, I would mm -hmm. say. And then I think of erotica, which are like two different paths. What is your favorite? Oh, erotica, you say? Uh, yeah. Erotica. <laughs> Freaky Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, erotica has become a very large part of my brand, but mainly because, I mean, okay, but sex sells. You know what I mean? Yes. Sex sells. And um, not that I don't enjoy it. I mean, you you will be able to tell by the way I write that I enjoy it. But um, I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite only because it's kind of like I really like how people gravitate towards my erotica. But at the same time, I don't want to be just a sex poet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I have a lot of subject matter and content to cover. Um, so I use the erotica for uh, attention-grabbing. And, you know, people like to hear that. It, just, it is what it is. Um, but my favorite, I think, I have a couple poems that are um, very intricate as far as wordplay goes. Um, I'm really trying to get into an arena where you can put my poem on a on a piece of paper and it makes the same kind of impact as if I was yelling on a stage. Mm. So um but that takes a lot of writing skill and I'm still pretty new to it. So I'm really trying but that if I when I get that mastered, I think that is going to be my favorite arena is mastering wordplay in a way that is incredibly impactful. Um but right now, I mean, I just really like, I, I don't, I say right now I don't have a favorite because my favorite feeling is just being able to connect with the audience. When I have somebody that comes up to me and says, oh my God, I was in the audience crying because of this poem that you just did. I'm going through the same thing, something of that nature. That's my favorite feeling. So that can happen with a variety of different type of poems, depending on the audience. Um, that's where I get most of my pleasure from, is how I connect with the audience. Wow. We're, we're connecting. <laughs> we're connecting. That's how I feel. Like, when I get feedback from, from my experience podcast, people or my friend texts me or someone's like, I listened to the show, you did a great job. I'm like, oh. like yeah, man, that's good, man. My girl, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, brother. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I feel away. I only got <laughs> two more questions. Uh, are you judging me? No. <laughs> you know I always do this when I get to the to the end of my little spiel. Um right. I want you I wanna give you the floor to talk about actually a lot, three and a half questions. Um to floor to talk about your ins- who inspires you. So Wayne Henry and is it Candy Zantea? Zantia, yeah. Okay. Um so uh Candy is my coach for the Dallas Poetry Slam. Um, but she is also the CEO of Dallas Poetry Slam organization, which does a lot outside of poetry as well. Um, you know, they have there's collaborations in the school system with teaching artist programs. Um, you know, there's community service type things. There are uh, she's also putting on um, these national competitions, the Women of the World Poetry Competition. She's basically the head of it. Um, she is the head of it at this point. Uh, so as a black woman, a black businesswoman, creating these type of spaces, um, is an inspiration to me. Um, Wayne Henry is, uh, he has been a member of the Dallas Poetry Slam team for the last five years. So I've gotten to work with him for about two of those, almost two of those, um, He is an inspiration because he is not, if you would have met him in his earlier days, and I didn't, I just know from the stories that he tells me, you would never think of him as a poet. You would never think of him going that route. He chose that route as a means to make a better life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, For his family. And he is so incredibly intelligent in a way where you know how you know how you meet like those hood dudes like they grew up in the hood and it's just and you would never think by looking at them right that they are ridiculously intelligent that's him um and so he's such a good writer that is someone that i aspire to write like um and even just his demeanor as far as um his openness and being uh, understanding in a way that kind of surpasses a normal conversation. You talk to certain people and um, at level, but the way that he relates and speaks, you can tell this is, okay, this is why he writes the way he writes. Like his mind is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that is, those are the two uh people that i put down for inspiration for that reason okay that's very dope i always talk about on here people having mentors and someone that is in your field or in your world that you can um talk to and draw inspiration from so i'm very glad that you have that that's definitely going to be something that's going to help you um propel forward and speaking of propelling forward um i gotta learn to rephrase this question because the last two or three guests have kind of like <laughs> they've made me like rephrase this question. I typically ask someone what their goals are, what their plans are for the for the future, and most people like to live in the moment. So I'm gonna throw that question in the trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you look like you probably would say that based off of this conversation um, <laughs> and what I've learned about you thus far. So I'm gonna say this. Uh, I'm gonna go back to my old question, which I I need to get back to anyway. 
what words of wisdom do you have for someone who's listening to this who is just getting started in the field of poetry or um, someone who's already or someone who's just considering getting in but they're unsure since you have this experience okay um, if you don't mind I'll kind of round about both questions um, so I don't necessarily like, you know, the interview type, where do you see yourself in five years? But I do have a, a kind of a path because of people around me. Okay. So for instance, and this is kind of another, uh, a leg over from inspiration. Um, people that I have surrounding me, um, like Jess, for instance, that has her own business, literally has been running her own business for a couple years now. Um, and then I have someone, another friend that's really close to me, Tyra, who has been grinding and grinding in order to get to a position where she can leave her job and, um, work for herself, you know what I mean? And be able to be able to support herself. And, um, that kind of thing is an inspiration to me, the way that Tyra, for instance, creates the way that her mind works and the way that she creates opportunities for herself is a big inspiration to me so that is kind of the uh, the area i'm trying to gear towards okay. right because i still work in the corporate world and i'm fine with it for now but eventually i would like to be able to create in such a way that i can create my own space um, in that format um so for someone just starting out uh i would say um be open to unlearning and then relearning, mm. right? Mm. That's nugget alert. Yeah. <laughs> you need to write that down. No, the right stuff down because that is a major nugget. Forty-nine yeah. minutes and forty seconds. Write that down. You supposed to be writing it down too. Yes, I know. <laughs> that is, yeah, our nuggets are like those things that people they just yeah. But go ahead. You just said. Whoo, go ahead. Mm. <laughs> people crush. Um, the, my biggest, the nugget of the day is be open to unlearning and relearning, um, because we have so many things that are hardwired into us, uh, just from growing up, you know, and we don't even realize a lot of those things and those things being open and letting go of some of those things for myself is what has helped me open up so many doors and make so many other connections with people that I normally wouldn't associate with or normally wouldn't find any connection with or something of that nature, right? So um, I have had to unlearn a lot of things and relearn a lot of things. And just being open to um, learning in general because even, I think, ego is such a big part mm. of everyone <laughs> and um it's hard for me it's, it's always been hard to hear somebody telling me what to do and sometimes you need to listen and it right yeah we <laughs> Some, told that yeah so for me that's what it is it's like being completely open to learning um and letting someone else guide you not not steer you completely you still have your own thoughts and beliefs but being open to learning and, and being guided because if i had went about this journey 
as if I knew everything and I'm just doing this because, you know, whatever, I know what I can do and I know what's best for me, I wouldn't be where I am now. I had to let my guard down in a lot of ways and be open to things that, that I would have normally been closed off to, to uh, kind of broaden my spectrum. You, um, nope, this is not even a joke what I'm about to say. You might have just saved somebody's life, literally and um, figuratively. I was just, um, this is something I hear a lot of successful people say, and I don't understand why people, I don't understand why so many people miss it. I guess they're comfortable, but to touch on what you said about being willing to unlearn, um, for you, you all out there listening, for you to be able to unlearn, that means you have to put yourself in a vulnerable state. That means you have to get rid of what you thought was right and what you thought was correct, some of it, and, and clear that mind. And that means that you are no longer the smartest person in the room. And a lot of celebrities and famous and successful people say, if you're always the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room because you're not gonna learn anything. And I, I gained that experience um, from real estate. Like real estate was, I mean, I'm smart. I can pick up on a lot of stuff fairly quickly. But that was the first time I've entered a career field where they had their own language. They had their own rules, their own rate. It matched up with nothing I ever did in my life. <laughs> nothing translated over, nothing except for my relationship with people and talking and dealing with people. But even that I had to curve because I had to always speak to them in a professional manner, whether I was in the office or out of the office. And I, like you said, I had to unlearn a lot of stuff that I thought about people and just the way things work and the way things should be, because it's like, that that doesn't matter in this world. In this world, it has to go like this or it's not gonna work. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Here's the rules, you gotta do this. So I had to make myself uncomfortable. I had to ask a lot of questions. I hate asking questions. I like figuring stuff out on my own. But I had to ask like questions to the point where I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm sorry if I'm being annoying, but like that's how many questions I was asking. So mm -hmm. I really, really feel what you're saying. And I want y'all out there to know it is okay to not be the smartest person in the room. Absorb and take in all of that knowledge like a sponge, try different things. Um, just, just stay out of that comfort zone for a while. And once you realize you're in a room, you're like, hey, I'm the smartest person in the room. Try to find another room where you're not the smartest person so you can elevate yeah, to the next Yeah, or contribute to the room. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, if you're the smartest one, you should be room. contributing. Like, sure. don't sit in the room. So yes. um, I want to piggyback a little bit off of just that example. I think you did a, you explained it well in saying that you don't know everything. And going back to Crush's um, analogy of being hardwired, it's kind of like you hire, like, sometimes when you have these, um, we come to something and we'll say like, oh no, it's like that because, and you think you have totally understood why this thing is happening. And so in a floor, for example, the floor is cracking, uh, makes a noise. And you think you know, oh, that happens because X, Y, Z. And then something totally unrelated happens and now you have to pull up the floor. Well, you hire an expert, someone who knows more about flooring and all of this for that reason. And sometimes when you get in there, you, it, you discover, no, it was not what you thought it was. It's actually this one little thing. And if we remove it, it, it levels out the floor, levels out the sound, whatever those issues are. And I think that we have to really give in to that, the nature of that, 
yeah, maybe wired this like this, but some of this wiring may not have come with the product. It may come with the trauma. It may come with the experience. It may come with all of these other things that happened to me, not just because Jessica was born and it came with me. A lot of it comes in our experiences and in our traumas. And as we try to march towards abundance and higher levels of thinking and, and you know, doing these excelling in areas of life, you also have to detach yourself from the trauma and the hard, hard wiring of those things. And our egos get in the way because we're like, we have now become the expert at ourselves. And I don't think that you ever, like you, you, you need to learn yourself and know yourself, but you also need to be open enough to that there's so many corridors and we're so expansive in who we are that I don't know every room in this house. I don't know everything that's within me. Like I'm still learning these things and I'm still being exposed to people some people can tap into corridors of who you are that no one else like knew that that was back there. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know there was an extra room back there. Like, and I think that that's how we are as, as a person. Like, I didn't even know I liked this thing, but I, I had a spirit of openness to try it, to like explore it. And then that becomes your favorite thing or yeah, it, it, it's just so many layers to it that I think that if we, we really have to be open like open to life, open to um, possibility. And I think that there's abundance there when you when you allow yourself that and not to like put a handle on it or put a hand on it. Um, so that's my little tidbit. Mm -hmm. now, did you like, write, write your nugget down time? 57 minutes. Um, okay. <laughs> that's all I got. You got any other questions for Crush? Uh, no. Crush is, well, I, I do, I have a, challenge i guess um you're not performing however for someone who thinks that like a beginner wanting to get into your work or, or some if they had one poem to check out by you because they're on their way to work um what is something that you would share with them that they can find on your youtube or uh your instagram page something that they can refer back to a post what poem would it be or the name of that poem um, I would say probably Pray versus Pray. Um, that is available on my YouTube, which I don't know if I, I think it's under Crush. Yeah, my YouTube is under Crush with the dots in between each letter. Um, my Instagram is at Crush underscore your poet. Um, on my Instagram, you'll find a bunch of videos on my IGTV uh, but the pray versus pray will be there also. Gotcha. Anything any, else, Rob? Any other websites or locations you want to shout out? Any events you want to promote? Any slams coming up? Anything? This is your time to shine and tell everyone where they can come support you. Okay. Um, so uh, everything, I'm going to list off a few things, but if, if anybody doesn't remember, everything can be found posted on my Instagram at crush underscore your poet. Uh, my website is also in the link uh, in the bio of my Instagram. Um, on the website, I have merchandise like uh, poetry books. So I have like one kind of a regular poetry book, and then I have an erotic chat book um, that's on there as well. Um, I have t-shirts like the one that Jess has on today, which says, that breathe. one says breathe. 
Um, but it's upside down. It's a reminder every time you look down to just stop and take a breath, just breathe. Um, I have another shirt on there that says more than enough. And another one that says sexuality is fluid, swallow it, are my more popular taglines. Um, and speaking of fluid, I host uh, a what we call Fluid Fridays with Dallas Poetry Slam every second Friday of the month. So this Friday coming up, um, it's basically a queer open mic night. Uh, poets, singers, comedians, whoever, come to Heroes Lounge um, and just do an open mic, share whatever whatever they have. Um, but we, Dallas Culture Slam is at Heroes Lounge every single Friday at 8 p.m. Um, the events just vary per week. Um, and it's a great and, event to check out if you haven't. I always enjoy it when I go out. It's very low-key, chilled, nice vibe. Get your art and your drinks and your food and you can sit if you get there in time <laughs> so yes get I there agree. in time <laughs> yep yep uh we have an erotic show coming up also um which will not be held at heroes but the address will be on my instagram as well um not the following week after this friday so again just following my instagram is really kind of the best way to see where i'm performing on any given at any given time well, thank you again for joining us. Um, you have actually helped calm my nerves. I had a I had a not so good day today, and your mm -hmm. energy and your vibes have really helped out. Same for you, Jessica. Um, thank you once again, everyone. Thank you for continuing to support, to listen, like, subscribe, and share. All of Crush's information will definitely be in the description. Don't forget about our affiliates, Acre Gold, Retro Mimi. Gardner's Garden and Black Water. Don't forget that you can join the conversation on Facebook with us from My Experience Podcast. Join the group. We are growing. We are growing. You can follow us on Instagram, FME underscore podcast. You can also follow us personally. You can follow me at complete underscore vision. Complete is spelled with a K. Jessica, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at exposure, E-X-P-O-Z-H-E-R, as well as at Lash and Soul, L-A-S-H-A-N-D-S-O-U-L. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourself mentally, physically, financially, and we will catch y'all next time. Peace. Peace. Oh, I just hit my elbow on uh the whole.